from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine, and everything in between, this is Legends Look Back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast for people who preface their video game conversations with, back in my day, where we celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and it's been a while. I know. All right. Listen, Emily has just moved across the pond to Ireland. Is that, is that how you say it? Ireland. Uh, I'm sorry to all That's of our Irish enough. listeners. Yeah, <laughs> Emily's uh, living out of uh, shoeboxes and, uh, I suppose, like, other boxes right now and we're gonna let her settle in a bit before we get her back on the show but she will be back don't worry rick on the other hand our producer is as i like to describe it up to his neck in teenagers because of his profession he's a youth minister it's not by choice it's by calling anyway uh rick unable to join us today but you know who i do have the wonderful the legendary freddie c hello everyone oh man it's been a long time since i've got on the mic i think uh it's been few months already it feels like it feels like a year but it's i like think it's only may been. late may <laughs> yeah it's only been a few months <laughs> rick and emily if you're listening we miss you can't wait to have you back uh this is our little bonus episode i feel like jared uh jared did this because of the amount of times i've talked about star wars galaxies on that's on right the, that's on right the air we had a our game. buddy our buddy jacob saw this tweet by um, our, our guest who we're about to introduce in just a moment. And within seconds of, of this tweet thread uh, beginning to make its way onto the internet, Jacob tagged me and said, you've got to book this. You've got to do this for Freddie. Because, of course, we've had, I don't know if it's a drinking game, if we want to advocate that or not. As much, much it's as a it's just kind of game. A, yeah, yeah, that's right. A kind, kind of an inside joke that every time Freddie mentions Star Wars Galaxies, uh, we ring a bell, an imaginary bell, because... You know, we don't edit that in or anything. But that is, of course, today we are joined by a very special guest. You might know him from Star Wars Archives, episodes 51 and 57. That is none other than Chris Kimshaw himself. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this since pretty much I stopped playing Star Wars Galaxies. (laughs) Um, An opportunity to talk about Star Wars Galaxies with, you know, a group of people who aren't going to go... We don't care about this, Chris. Please, please leave us alone. This is a party. What, what do you want from us? No, that's exactly our cup of tea. Is we tea just because you are British? Um, <laughs> we we specialize in what everyone else might deem irrelevant and outdated. That's that's our niche. Well, as a historian, I'm on board. Okay, so. good. Speaking of being a historian, uh, tell the good folks out there how, other than a couple of uh, stellar appearances on our sister show, the Star Wars Archives, how might our listeners be familiar with you in the Star Wars world? So in in kind of like official terms, I was one of the co-authors on the DK book Star Wars Battles That Changed the Galaxy with um, Amy Radcliffe and uh, um, Cole Horton and Jason Fry, which was just the most amazing thing in my life that's possibly ever happened um and with something that i've been wanting to do since playing star wars galaxies to write something in in the star wars universe um and in kind of non-official terms um i also um wrote an academic history book about star wars um called the history and politics of star wars death stars and democracy which examines all of the ways that kind of the Star Wars franchise, not just the films, you know, the books, the comics, the computer games, um, reuse real world events and real world history and real world politics. And, you know, what is it that Star Wars tries to tell us 
when it when it does something i think is probably the yeah. the best way of framing that and that book has really caused a stir. It's in a good way. Um, it's really gotten <laughs> really, really generated a lot of conversation. Um, I, I don't know if there's been a more recommended book in uh, the behind the scenes uh, Utini Slack chat. Whenever somebody's like, "I'm looking for something Star Wars but different," you know, something to really uh, uh, kind of break up the monotony of just always reading another Star Wars fiction book after another. What's something that you know is definitely up my alley? You know, folks who might be into history or or real-world events, and this one just gets recommended all the time. Um, and so, so you're the ones driving my sales. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we take all the credit, none of the blame. That's what Yeah, I keep going like this. Eventually, the royalties will enable me to buy another book. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's awesome. Well, uh, I'm looking around my bookshelves, the classic uh, podcast move of not talking to the microphone and instead looking around the room like an idiot, trying to see where exactly my copy of... Um, Battles that change the galaxy. I know that's around here somewhere, but as we were saying pre-show, my reference bookshelves are all disorganized and out of sorts. Any of our listeners, if you've got tips on how to organize your reference books, we would love to hear it. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. If you want to hear <laughs> Chris talk about uh, those books, uh, hop on over to those episodes of Star Wars Archives, episodes 51, 57, stellar interviews. But today, yes. we're going to go back in the past because, after all, Freddie, did you know this? I just learned this right before the show. It's the 20th anniversary of Star Wars Galaxies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we all made a big stink of it, of course. 20 years. Couldn't believe it. I couldn't, I, first of all, couldn't believe I was playing it for that long. <laughs> and the fact that I'm still playing it, that the longest game I've ever played. But, uh, I, you know, congratulations to Star Wars Galaxies and the community that is still really active. Yeah. I mean, there's folks that are playing every day still. Some of the folks that I see are... Uh, you know, from one server or onto another server, and still still playing with, on Twitch. You can find them. Oh, so there's a dedicated fan base out there, and uh, I'm glad because I have a place to go to after this uh, after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's awesome. Well, I'm very excited to talk about this. We were just yeah. saying before the show, it's also the 20th anniversary of Knights of the Old Republic, Ooh. and so uh, Freddie, we need to be planning what our big celebratory shindig is going to be for that. Um, I'd like to get Corey, one. doctor and CEO Corey Hilton, uh, on the show to talk about uh, his love for Ithorians and how they talk about talk out of both sides of their face at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, see if we can edit Corey to speak in Ithorian for an hour on the podcast. Patreon stretch goal. We'll see. Uh, but tonight we're going to be talking about uh, Star Wars Galaxies. So Chris, uh, tell us first and foremost, how did you get into the game? I had never played an online game before. Um, one of the benefits—I say the benefits—one of the one of the burdens of you know growing up during kind of the the 1990s and the like. So I'm going to be I'm going to be 40 this year. Um, so go back in time, 20 20 years. Is that the internet was pretty garbage mm -hmm. at times for you know dial-up stuff a lot. <laughs> God, I love that noise. It's, it's like it's the, it's it's the soundtrack of my childhood. Yes. Um, and I've never played an online game before. I, you know, I, I had a very rough concept that they existed, and then somewhere I saw that this Star Wars online game was coming out. And you know, I'd been playing Jedi Knight, um, the various kind of you know Dark Forces, all sorts of Star Wars games that are around. And a little nervous about going online and playing an online game. I mean, I didn't even sure. have a headset. I didn't couldn't do voice chat or anything like that. The dial-up wouldn't wouldn't allow for it. 
but the idea for it was it had such a good hook right you know the, in, in simplest terms come and play in the star wars galaxy mm-hmm. come and live in the star wars galaxy and i had started reading the expanded universe old legends books probably around 1997-ish when um my first book was spectra of the past by timothy zahn i bought it in um, a virgin megastore in downtown disney in florida that's a long one to start with um, yeah well it was just like i like star wars here's a book sure and then i read that right. and then started going backwards in time so i i filled all my head with all of this expanded universe lore, and now i had the opportunity to go and to go and live in it but the game didn't come out in England until a reasonable time after uh. it was launched in um, the US. And most of the servers were US <laughs> servers. So I got like a friend of the family to buy me a copy of Galaxies in America and bring it over oh. on the plane. Oh, nice. Um, That's so I could get loaded up and play. And I ended up playing on a, on a West Coast server, which was a terrible <laughs> idea. Times I played on East Coast um, servers, so that didn't make sense either. I'm on the West. Oh, there we go. Um but yeah, it just had the perfect hook of just, do you want to come and live in the Star Wars galaxy? And at that time I was reading, I was spending all of my time when I wasn't at secondary school or kind of high school for American audiences, reading Star Wars books. In my head, I was already living in the Star Wars galaxy. Why wouldn't I actually want to sit down at a computer and do that? Yeah, sure. You know, yeah, exactly. Chris, you, you brought up a great point, which was, you know, let's take ourselves back into that time. The internet was not as fleshed out, I would say, as it is now. Uh, yeah. The, there is there was no real Reddit at the time where everyone could go and see the newest games coming up, right? No no uh, central location for news. It was I found out about Star Wars Galaxies from the newspaper. They interviewed oh, wait, some an guy. <laughs> physical newspaper? Yes. So they interviewed some guy. Get your I was, fingers dirty? That's crazy, Freddie. Yeah, I was I I'm I'm just 5 years younger than you, Chris, so I I understand the the era at that time. Uh yeah. it, it was it was different. Uh and how do I how do I describe this? So first of all, saw it in the newspaper, uh, and it said, "I'll never forget." Why wouldn't you want to live in Naboo? And I was like, "Oh man, I know what I'm doing this summer." Just told my parents. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> yeah, I, I told my parents. I was like, "Can we buy?" You know, they they at that age, I was already the Star Wars fan that I am now, and uh, of course we're gonna buy that for you. It's a game. We know where you're at. <laughs> you're not gonna be out and about. <laughs> Uh, and so they bought it for me, and I'll never forget that summer being like, I, you know, I spent my time on Tatooine, Naboo, uh, Dathomir, uh, looking at Night Sisters, and hanging out with people wearing Mandalorian armor. That was my summer, and I'll never forget how awesome it was to be just ingrained in that world. And of course, you yeah. have the books, and when you read the books, and they tie certain things to to Star Wars Galaxies, right? You do like the rebel theme park and then Corrin Horn is right there. And you're like, Hey, that's, yeah. that's Corrin Horn. <laughs> Eugenie mascot, friend of the show, Corrin Horn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Chris, it, it was, how could you not want to live in the star Wars universe? And then after that, how could you not want to just read more about it? You know, it, it, yeah. it was, it was an addiction. That's for sure. <laughs> I've got a yeah. couple follow up. I spent like two years on the, Oh, I'm sorry. I spent like two years on the forums in the lead up to the game the forums. coming out. People were, Oh wow! Making you know, getting increasingly hyped about it about a game that didn't exist yet. Yeah, sure, Freddie. I was just going to ask you, what did you mean when you said looking at Night Sisters? Do we need to do we need to probe deeper into what exactly you meant by that one? Uh, the fact that you could see Night Sisters just sitting right in front of you. Uh, they are scantily clad. That is because you'd true. read about them in the book, right? The courtship <laughs> yeah. of Princess yeah. Leia. Yeah, you read about them and then you see them and you're like, oh my goodness! Now I have a 
visual in my head of a night sister. That's the thing. You go to the planets, you learn about the planets, you learn about the species on those planets, the plants on those planets. It's more than just, you know, doing some missions. The, and, and speak about missions, there's really no set goal. It's kind of your world. You do what you want. Yeah. Some people just are in the cantina 24 hours a day. Right, that's having a great time, that, and they're having a great time, and that's how does, their Star how Wars. How does Galaxies. that even pay off as a video game? All right, this from the perspective of someone who has never played Star Wars Galaxies, Freddie. My only exposure to the game is watching you play on um, <laughs> a, a, le- a previous episode of Legends Look Back from a couple years ago. Um, if if you're gonna go to a, dr- a cantina in a video game, you can't yeah. like have a drink. You can. You know, what, do <laughs> you do? Like, yeah. what do you do? What do you do? Like play play Pazak? That's uh, Kotor, right? So there's. They had a card game that they introduced eventually. They did, yeah. They had a trading card game that came out eventually, but there's actually there were casinos in game. Yeah. Uh, that you could go to, and they were like slot machines, and people would be there while they were listening to their music. Right there, they'd be, there'd be a band sitting there, having uh, all sorts of instruments, doing band flourishes, and. Oh, so it's mostly know. for the, the vibes. Would be there. I see what you're saying. It is, but at the same time, as you listen to the entertainers, they can buff you for whatever thing they need right so like you can you can give uh an, uh a trade or uh say like you're an engineer right you make droids you can get a buff for uh getting you know better resources or whatever it is if you're a fighting c- character i was a bounty hunter so often crit critical you know crit i want high crit uh more health something to make me kind of tanky and a little bit bit of dps you know stuff like that that's where you go you listen to the entertainer uh, watch them and listen to them, and it was an interaction. You know, hey, wh- what kind of buff would you huh. like? Oh, I'm looking for this, and they and it was necessary. And it was necessary, and you would tip them. You know, like however much money you had for for the buff, and that's how they made Sorry money. Sorry about the mess, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with with some of the early stuff, you couldn't put your armor on if you didn't have your oh yeah your health, your action, and your mind buffed up to enough of a level that you could actually ah. wear the stuff. Yeah. So. They were, abs- you know, uh, the entertainers were absolutely integral. That and that was the thing about the game. It you need you need folks to play the game because it's an economy. There's people making goods, selling goods, trading goods. Yeah. Uh, p- you need people to go get resources. You know, if like you go to the Death Watch bunker, you're gonna need a few people with you to to mine some of the the resources in that bunker because they're so you they're can't not just easy. roll through you can't just roll through in single single player mode <laughs> no <laughs> no no absolutely not you see the gorax you better run <laughs> the gorax i know about those from the ruins of dantooine freddy i know about yeah. those and they're from... beasts i mean they're yeah they were huge i'm not even sure the how many underrated legends <laughs> gym star wars galaxies <laughs> the ruins of dantooine i quite liked it uh yeah. controversial take here on the show well, Freddie, you mentioned you were a bounty hunter. Chris, uh, what about you? What was your class? I'm seeing here on the Wook, shout out to the Wook, that that you could choose, you know, a basic, uh, you know, a character progression to go through, which was pilot, uh, I've lost them, Jedi. What are they? Help me out, guys. Yeah, there's different... Well, that, that sounds very new game experience. Yeah. So, route. so you, there were a lot more more careers and pathways in, in ye olde Star Wars. And that's now. the better oh, yeah. <laughs> Smuggler, commando, spy. Here's some officer, medic, entertainer, and trader. And you could mix and match. Yes, oh, you okay. So Hybrid pos- I was... I started off as a, as a commando, um, and I dabbled a little bit. I had a bit of um, officer, and I had a little bit of sniper as well. Okay, I can see um, those going together. 
which were useful because officers could you know give little buffs to to kind of um to kind of your squad mates okay. and the like and um commando was fun to just run around with a, with a flamethrower um, as an imperial officer mm-hmm. um and again you know it was, it was very kind of slightly rock paper scissors of how you put it together but um there were there were periods in the game when you know you'd always have people who were you know chasing the meta you know chasing the best possible combination so um taris Kazi, <laughs> hand-to-hand fighters yeah i had a little bit of that because you could knock people down and then when they're knocked on the floor you say i'm on fire yeah. what's not to look freddy's a real life taris Kazi master rumor has it <laughs> but the good kind not the masters of taris Kazi computer oh thing, gosh which, uh... <laughs> that's different <laughs> that's a great game i mean from a certain point of view of course <laughs> yeah yeah so there were i think one thing with star wars galaxies there were multiple updates right there was like a combat update then there was like new game enhancement which changed the game and yeah, inside the game you had a lot of petitions people were trying to crash the servers before they could update right stuff like that oh. they would bring out their destroyed their destroyed vehicles and it would lag everybody and they were all doing it just <laughs> on and off save the game, save Star Wars Galaxies. <laughs> and honestly, a lot of those enhancements, it changed Star Wars Galaxies, I say, I would say, in terms of like what you would do and how the, the, yeah. the, the people were, right? It was different. Uh, back in, in, you know, I, what would you call it? Like pre-NGE, I guess? Pre, Pre-NGE, where you had uh, like Pistolier, uh, riflemen, and, and you would combine yeah. all of these... Carabineer and the like. Yeah, yeah. Carabineer, and you'd combine all of these you know, in certain, in certain, like if you wanted an elite profession, right, like bounty hunter, you had to do Carabineer, uh, I forget what else you'd have to do, riflemen, uh, you yeah. master those, and then you'd have to master like a couple others on the commando side, and then you can find like a bounty hunter trainer and then you could become a bounty hunter it wasn't like right off the bat you were a bounty hunter <laughs> oh that's cool so yeah you had to, so it was a train yeah and, and yeah. you had to find your your career right what what did you want to do in this game it was really up to you there's no there's no it was it was completely open world you could technically huh. never do any missions so it wasn't <laughs> just jedi knight do the 10 jedi knight missions no and that's, that's, that's kind of how it is in to the, become the a jedi Republic. to become a jedi you had to find it Right, it wasn't like something yeah. you could unlock just like through a tree. Some people had to perf- do every single profession, get every single exploration badge, and every single quest, and then they were they would type in this thing, and it was like your se- your sense of the force is stronger, and then you would lead into into the path of the Jedi. But it some people oh. never unlocked it. That's really cool. <laughs> and I thought it took a lot to become a Jedi in the Knights of the Old Republic, where you don't get your lightsaber till Dantooine, you know, which is maddening. You want to pull oh, your yeah. hair out. What were you going to say, Chris? Yeah. I think that seeing a Jedi in game pre-NGE was rare. incredibly rare. Oh, um, kind of a white whale. And quite exciting. Yes. Because it's like, oh my god, it's you. You're here. Yeah. Um, but for a while, Jedi had permadeath. Yes, I, um, I died. They died two or three times. <laughs> I had permadeath. Turned into yeah. a blue glowy. Yep. No, you Freddy, can... you're a force ghost out there somewhere, man. Yeah, no. I, I, I had a force ghost, uh, and and only Jedi can see you, right? Other Jedi can see you. And so you'd have to basically start in a new character because you can't really do anything useful now. But yeah, you'd die, and that was it. You would, I think it was like, you were right. It's like two two or three deaths as a Jedi, and yeah. you were gone. Uh, wow. So, That's hardcore. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Well, 
Speaking of choosing your career here, I'm looking at the, the different character classes, and this one is killing me. And I I cannot believe that this exists in the game. If there was ever a more custom-built profession for our buddy Trevor over on the Star Wars archives, um, one of the sub-professions was Chronicler, which <laughs> okay. allowed building holocrons <laughs> with player-created quests, um, uh, placing props, objectives, and narration... Yeah. That's that's hilarious. So so uh, Chris, did you have one of these uh, these subprofessions that you did? I'm trying to remember. I don't because th- the chronicler came. That's post NGE. Right, think, right. Looks like it is. There was an there was an element of Sony were both very smart about it, and also you could see that they were a little lax about it as well. In that they realised that the players were going to be the ones who populated this world with content yeah. you know SOE would would send out quests and you know expansions and bits and pieces like that but the players took it upon them I say themselves ourselves to create entertainment um and the chroniclers and the like were able to create you know huge great big stories and events and stuff like that um even role-playing which, games which, again like you would yeah. you could roll dice in game and see the value everyone could see the value so you could play like a role-playing Dungeons and Dragons game, you know, in Star Wars with this, this chronicler. In Star Wars Galaxies, yeah. that's crazy to me. Yeah, it was well, big before Zoom even existed. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. once uh, the internet sped up a little bit and and we got uh, high speed. That's it. Really, take this to the next level. You could punch it, Chewie, and and take this thing to a, <laughs> a whole new level. Well, you mentioned that players kind of created their own content, obviously. Um, game directors, developers, they could add their own, you know, uh, missions and quests and that sort of thing. But, you know, one of the things you mentioned here online is that uh, there were these uh, NPC cities that were busy, thriving places, and that there were then things created by the characters, you know, by the player base, from huge battles to races to parties. Uh, talk to me about what that is. What was it like to to create your own um, in-game experiences separate and apart from what the game developers were telling you to do. It was it was great. So obviously you had like the, the major NPC cities. There'd generally be about five or so on each planet. So there'd be like Feed on Naboo mm-hmm. or Mos Eisley on, on Tatooine. But out in the wide, out in the wilderness, you could build houses and people would live in their houses and eventually they, they'd build kind of de facto cities before player cities were introduced. And eventually then... Um, the developers introduced like, like a, a cap of ten or twenty player-controlled cities on every on every planet, um, okay. and they could be big sprawling fortresses or kind of metropolises, <laughs> metropolises and the like. Um, and at times, the players would, through the forums, through the in-game chat, basically say, "Okay, at eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, we will attack this player oh, city." The bases. <laughs> Yeah, and you place down rebel bases or imperial bases that had a timer that um, they could be blown up for two or three hours every day, and that would be a slightly randomized um, hundreds of people timer, hundreds of people yeah. surrounding this, hundreds of people, uh, and of um, course you would have spies or somebody that can camouflage from the other side, right? PVP. So when someone queued up as PVP, they'd all gang up on you and kill you <laughs> and then it would just yeah. become a huge war everyone would start to <laughs> pvp and lag everywhere <laughs> and semi and semi regularly on naboo so i was on the Naritas server again which i said was a was a west coast server there would be pretty regular battles of naboo which would take place um the imperials would be at the emperor's retreat 
and the rebels would be at Moena and you'd both march out and you'd fight in the in the no man's land and whoever pushed back far enough to become obvious that they'd won would win this month's battle of Naboo we'll see you all in in, in four weeks time it, um and it was just great well, and you know one thing that Chris hadn't hasn't mentioned yet is how large these maps are in real oh. life I, if you take Huge. a speeder in Naboo from one corner to the other, you're probably sitting there, what, Chris, for like 20 minutes? <laughs> 20 minutes, half an hour. In, in like real life. In real life. So, you know, the, these maps were oh, not only really? just... Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they were massive maps. And, you know, let, let's just use, uh, I don't know, let's, let's use World of Warcraft as, as an example. Say you buy a house in World of Warcraft. Likely everybody's kind of going into the same portal, right? The same kind of house. And it transports you into your instance of your house. But Star Wars Galaxies, if you walked into somebody's house, it was in real time. You could see them in there and say, oh, hey, h- how you doing? Right. Oh, I, I've seen I, you do I'm some just, of that. Yeah, right. you, and you, you can walk into your buddy's house, check it out, and, and I, that was the other thing. There were people that would decorate the heck out of their yeah, houses. Yeah, I decorated mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. <laughs> Freddie, I With, bet you had the most expensive in-game artwork there ever was. Oh, my goodness. Any <laughs> of them that you could you could think of, I had them. Freddie, like Grand Admiral Thrawn, is our resident art connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, when, when you start from one end to the other end of the map and you meet in the middle, it's literally the middle of nowhere. You could probably look and it would take you 30 minutes to get to the nearest city uh, and maybe... Yeah. 15 minutes to get to the nearest shuttle port and even if you get to the shuttle port you might be there for five minutes waiting for the shuttle to get back <laughs> yeah and there was a time that there weren't speeders you oh had you had to, to run, run everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> i forgot about that so that it's took a, ages not only is it a game you had to access in the olden days with dial-up internet but there was <laughs> also no fast travel you had to just walk where you wanted to go that's fantastic yeah. that's so old school immersive Eventually, they shortened the timer on the shuttles to about a minute, and I hugely regretted that yeah. because there was a standing there for ten minutes would be the, the maximum amount of time that you would wait. You just chat to people yeah. for ten minutes, waiting for a shuttle. You know where are you going, what have you been up to, stuff like that. It was sociable. Yeah, it was very sociable, and I feel like we all liked Star Wars. So, there, I mean, it it was difficult to to really describe, but people got into this world. This was their world. Yeah. And I have no idea. I've never seen any game like that with that level of, of dedication of like, this is my world. This is our world. Uh, but I mean, if you wanted to build a city and a lot of people did, they, there were city planners literally putting like small houses down this corridor, large houses down this corridor. You know, you had like a central area with a marketplace like those were the cities. And this is how invested people got. And uh, I'd love to see something similar. I don't think I've seen anything quite the same. No. Well, speaking yeah. of the fact that you haven't seen anything quite the same, obviously the game itself has been phased out and replaced with another uh, massive multimedia online experience, Star Wars The Old Republic, which is still going. For how much longer? I don't know. I feel like it was, that one's also got a ticking time clock. But um, it was in 2011 that the original server shut down here with Star Wars Galaxies. Everybody pour one out for Star Wars Galaxies. However, fans have kept it alive via emulators. That's, Freddie, where you still play uh, to this day. Um, nevertheless, um, obviously it has had a tremendous impact on so many people. And, Chris, you have gone on to become you know, a Star Wars creator, uh, if you will. Um, 
How cool. What was it about the game that inspired you to become a creator? You mentioned that, that your books wouldn't have been written had it not been for this game. Can you elaborate on yeah. what you mean by that? So, I mean, firstly, again, you know, Star Wars Galaxies was an enjoyable Star Wars experience. And, you know, when I was, when I started playing it, I was in college, but certainly during the time that I was reading Star Wars novels at secondary school, you know, do I want to tell people in my class at secondary school that I'm going to go home and read a Star Wars novel? Do I want to spin the wheel about how that's going to be received? Yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. So being around other people who were enthusiastic about Star Wars, I hadn't been to a Star Wars celebration or a convention. I didn't really know that such things existed. Um, And I'm not even sure they did fully exist. Maybe around that time. Um, So firstly, that was, was very affirming. And I found... You know, I found a lot of like-minded people, and what it did was it kind of, it sparked a creative itch in me. So I started writing fan fiction set on our server in Star Wars Galaxies mm-hmm. with characters that people would recognise. You know, like some of the famous actual Star Wars characters will pop up from time to time, but it was set around the Imperial Guild that I was that I was leading on. Um, Naboo and those started off as like a couple of chapters you know not very long maybe a few hundred words a few thousand words and then it just got bigger and bigger (laughs) and bigger and by by the time I wrote my last one it was like a 60,000 word long story arc set on our server around Star Wars Galaxies we're bringing in like real events from Star Wars Galaxies um, and and the wider Star Wars expanded universe lore and the like Um, so what it meant was that I was gobbling up Star Wars books even faster than I had been previously because I wanted more content, I wanted more knowledge, I wanted, you know, I wanted more Star Wars. I was finding an audience in Star Wars Galaxies on the forums who were enjoying this stuff and getting a kick out of it. Um, and, you know, I stopped playing when probably between my, when I was finished my MA, which was 2006, I was probably still playing in 2006, 2007, but by the time I started my PhD, which was 2008, I probably had largely kind of drifted away from the game. I didn't have the time yeah. because, you know, I wasn't You don't I wasn't have time for anything anymore. when you're working on a PhD. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't afford to stay up until three o'clock in the morning anymore, you know, fighting over the ruins of, <laughs> of a rebel base. Um, but what it, what it gave me was like a, a thorough education in Star Wars content and Star Wars lore and Star Wars legends expanded universe whatever it is that we want to call it um that when it came time for me to write my or i decided i wanted to write this history book this academic history book on it it was the easiest writing experience of and well certainly research experience of my life because i've said to people before normally it'd be like i'm writing a book about i know the first world war or something like that oh god i need a thing i'm gonna have to go to the archive i'm gonna have to find the stuff and i'm gonna be there all day and god this is annoying Oh, I need a I need a, a Star Wars book. Well, guess I'll just walk upstairs then, because um, they're all on a they're all on a bookshelf. I still had all of this stuff, and I absolutely mined the Star Wars Galaxy strategy guide for stuff because there was loads of stuff in there about what it meant to be in the Rebel Alliance, or oh. what it meant to be in the Empire. Interesting. Because it's 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 an introduction for players, um, and yeah, I wouldn't have written that academic history book if I hadn't been reading all those Star Wars books and I wouldn't have been reading all those Star Wars books if I wasn't playing Star Wars Galaxies. Wow. And if I hadn't written that Star or wasn't writing that Star Wars history book, I wouldn't have been asked by DK wow. to come and write Chris, that's amazing. the Galaxy. That's amazing. Yeah. It, you know and what? Hopefully I, more on the way. We'll see. I guarantee <laughs> yeah. I guarantee I've read some of your stories. I don't doubt it. I was on the forums nonstop. Uh, I, I 
I straddled Bloodfin. Uh, I was on a few other servers. I have I was, no idea what you're saying right now, Freddy. The, they're all servers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Bloodfin was like one of the ones that lasted the longest, I think, They when they all merged. Yeah, we just got closed down. Yeah. They, they closed us down, and that still breaks my heart. Yeah. Uh. That, there, that was one of the times. So, Jared, there was a time when uh, resources, you could tell, were getting a little slim at SOE <laughs> for Star Wars Galaxies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they had to combine servers. And remind mind you, th these servers are like home. Right sure, when you're yeah. like Bloodfin, like I'm Bloodfin, like that's that's my server, that's where I lived, that was my universe. You'd have uh, like there... factions against other servers about whose server was the coolest. <laughs> well, there would there was a time when they combined the servers because they just didn't have the resources, probably allocating them to other other games. Uh, so they combined servers, and you know then you've got a mix of people from like Bloodfin and uh, I'm trying to think of some of the names right now. I can't like Ahazi or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly, Ahazi. Um, were they named after ships? Yeah, they were all named after... There were a lot of them named after different ships. Yeah, different so ships. Noritus was named after a rebel ship. Um, yeah, I th I'm pretty sure they, they were all named yeah. after, after ships. Yeah, so, so it, it, yeah, Jared, it, it, it was like a combining of the community from... I want to I say during those eras, you started seeing a lot of people fall off, right? Like, oh, this isn't my game yeah. anymore. Um, and I naturally, I did too around that time because I, I was getting older. I was deep in engineering work and couldn't really get to it just like you chris mm. yeah it says uh, it was yeah. 2009 here when that happened yeah yeah it sounds about right yeah yeah uh and i i just remember getting on and logging in and then seeing disconnected from star wars galaxies and i was like oh that's it <laughs> it's gone yeah <laughs> but the community is still strong uh the ones who who decided like ah this game is for me this is the game i'm playing it's still strong and you still have the people that are on different emulators, right? They're not. Yeah. There's there's legends. There's restoration. Uh, I I can't think of all a lot of the other ones, but there's a couple others, uh, and they they all take different elements of what they liked <laughs> about Star Wars Galaxies. Oh sure. And so if you want to play an NGE version, you can go find it. If you want to play the one that Chris and I like the most, you can find it. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I need to find a. a Maybe just after the combat upgrade, because I didn't mind the combat upgrade. So I thought that actually helped a lot. Restoration Star Wars has been one of the ones that I've liked the most. I, I feel like they've tried to keep a lot of the old kind of the way we used to like it, uh, yeah. but mixed it with like the stuff that, hey, there was actually some stuff in NG that was really nice, like the auto run <laughs> and some other, yeah. <laughs> some other uh, cool little things. Uh, even just the navigation of the keyboard uh, is, yeah. is different. But yeah. Jared, any other questions? I could get, I could go on about this forever. So let's let's do like a let's do like a lightning round, Freddie. Let's go back okay. and forth with questions here. Let's do okay. I don't know two or three a piece of. You're gonna have to come up with some stuff off the fly here. We'll keep it spicy, Freddie. <laughs> and if it's dumb, I'll edit it out. Um, <laughs> but I'm saying that for myself more than for you. So, all right. So first and foremost, do you have? And we'll ask for both of you here. Um, one core memory of something that happened when you played Star Wars Galaxies, just like that, that one uh, monster you defeated and you had to team up with, with other players to face it. Or, honestly, I don't know. I never played the game, so help me out here. <laughs> like one yeah. core memory, something fun that happened that you'll never forget. Chris? Who wants to go first? Oh, I, I can go first, Chris. It's up to you. If you have it in, on your head, I... I've, I've got okay, it. Okay, go ahead. I've got it. Shoot. <laughs> uh, Imperial Invasion of Tatooine in around 2005, we spent 
my guild um, linked up with every other Imperial guild on the server. And we spent months surveying inch by inch Tatooine to find out all the rebel bases, the times they were going to blow up. And we selected a day to gather together on Naboo. And we went to the spaceport and we took off into space. TIE fighters, interceptors, devastators. You know, I saw the Imperial fleet leave Naboo and fly to Tatooine and 200, 300 Imperials in Stormtrooper armor and the like just stormed the planet <laughs> and started burning stuff to the ground. That's going to be exciting. And then lo- lots of rebels started logging in because they found out what was happening. That <laughs> that first battle lasted for 36 hours. Wow. Um, as people logged in and logged mm-hmm. out and the like, and it led to like a, a months-long Tatooine campaign. Yeah. Just imagine those sounds... rebels being like, what the heck, guys? What's <laughs> happening? Yeah, like all of your all of our bases are gone and the and the Imperial Army just marched and that's from a like big deal. west to east. That was a big yeah. deal in game. If your bases were gone, then like your buffs were gone, you wouldn't get the same benefits and you really needed to, to protect those bases. <laughs> yeah. And it feels really weird trying to tell people about it. Like this was a this big deal. I know this was important. I was there. I saw this happen. Um I I'd slaved over maps for months and months in the lead up to it, but it was just the most amazing thing that was the cool thing jared is if something big happened and you weren't in game you'd find out and you'd get in game <laughs> but you uh, wouldn't yeah. find out on twitter you, no. you would find out like on these on the message forums. boards forums yep yeah. the forums so very That's... a very slow way to communicate so that it's so <laughs> funny chris that that leads me into my memory which is uh there, there's a couple of of memories one was actually you know what they both lead into each other i'll never forget how this happened uh we Restus. You remember Restus? I remember Restus. You remember Restus. So so Jared, Restus was a town like a uh like Theed. It was like Theed, a big city. You I've had your spaceport, you had <laughs> you had all of your trainers. The the cities were to you know, they had banks to go do your trading, all the bazaar terminals. Uh it was a okay, city. Like your shops, right. Yeah, it yep. was a city and the folks ran <laughs> this was I was in Death Watch bunker at this moment. Uh, there was a bunch of Imperials, uh, and we're talking maybe upward to fifty to hundred, just just at the very beginning, occupying Restus. I mean, Restus was Imperial. It was Imperial, and this was kind of like towards the beginning when people started like Restus became became a thing, right? Uh, and I was in the Death Watch bunker trying to get my last thing for my helmet. I had everything else but the helmet. So I had like a composite helmet with Mandalorian armor. <laughs> and it didn't look good. <laughs> and, you get in there. No, you get in there. Yeah, yeah. And I had my jetpack. I was like almost done. I was almost done. And uh, we managed to get the engineer because you had to bring an engineer who's like the weakest person, right? They don't have yeah, any... Can die. They don't have any... any really. They have armor, but they can't really do anything. They can shoot, they but definitely they can't do any specific... Day. Yeah, yeah. So you have to protect this person, uh, and I was, you know, protecting him. And someone else, uh, our guild was in there. Like, we need to get this last thing, and I can't remember what it was. I think it might have might have been just like a PLC or something like that. One of the drops that you need in order, one of the materials you need to make the helmet. So anyway, got it. We ran over to our our home planet, which was in Theed. It was like, I don't know, maybe if you went north, it was like the first first city it was really close uh so so we're we're all heading into feed and we get a screaming message in team speak because that's what we used at the time team speak screaming guys guys imperials they're 
all over Arrestus. And we're like, oh, okay, let's uh, let's go take care of you know the equipment. So I'm I'm in my house. I'm waiting for the engineer to finish my helmet, and I'm like, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Uh, I I I, th- I thought it was like ten. 10 people, right? I thought it was just 10 folks, didn't know anything. Got on the forums, I saw a screenshot of everybody that was there, and it was just all the names, hundreds of names, just every, you could see everybody's name, their profession, and, you know, their rank. And it was, it was a lot of Imperials, and we're like, oh. This is a bona fide invasion. We're going to have to go do something about this. And the second, <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget, I got onto Restus, landed into Restus, and I, you could see just all the chaos happening far away. Uh, with with you know the rebels and imperials, put on my helmet for the first time. I remember I selected it, put it on, ran straight in there with my speed, boom, got nailed, like instantly. It was done <laughs> by, by like six spies that were right there at the very They're front. They're ready for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that I ended up playing that day. I'll never forget this. I played for sixteen hours PvP, just trying to take control. You would see the rebels take control. And then you'd see the Imperials come in with a whole new fresh wave, and you're just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Reinforcements have arrived. <laughs> and then the fun thing, here's the fun part, is you'd go to Thede, because that's where everybody was buffing, or, or Restus somewhere, somewhere in Restus, like a secret spot. And the Imperials would find where that secret spot is at and kill everybody <laughs> while they were buffing. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, or vice versa. Like we would, Spies would kind of try to follow everybody to see where they're going because they're invisible. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was like the last, the last piece of equipment I needed and like the large battle that I'll never forget just sitting at that computer for hours and then not wanting to get off cause it's still going. Uh, yeah. and I, I pretty sure Chris, it was like one of your battles. It was like a three day battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really sounds the like the wild west of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Well, even just like an extra aspect of, of the, the early part of your story, you know, people talking now about, you know, the Mandalorians come out and, you know, you get Death Watch and that in the Mandalorian. Star Wars Galaxies mm-hmm. had Death Watch 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, introduced as a, as a little before, faction in a little bunker. Before it was, yeah. Before anywhere else. Yep. Wait, before it was in Clone Wars? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way before Clone I didn't know Wars. that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That really sound like a newbie saying something like that. Before <laughs> it was in Clone Wars, I thought that... All right. Uh, Fred, and, Freddie, you get to ask the next one. So, uh, the memorable experience, what you got? Yeah. What's another uh, good one we can ask here? And were, lightning round, Freddie. Lightning round means we're keeping it quick. <laughs> were you into space combat at all? Yes. Yeah. What, what, was, your, what was your go-to ship? What was your, your daily space missions, I guess? Um, so, I, I flew the Imperial... Guard of Royal Imperial Guard, um, Tie Interceptor, the nice, red one, yeah. uh, quite a lot. But um, because I was a leader of a large Imperial Guild, I turned my Decimator into my flagship. <laughs> so um, we'd just kind of knock about on that with people flying it for me, and I'd sit in a chair and I'd give orders and the like, like some big dumb Imperial <laughs> captain. It was great. Yeah, that that. Oh man, I, I remember when they brought in gunboats too. That was that brought in a whole new stri- uh, strategic game to the to the space battles. That was the other thing, uh, Jared, some battles that would happen on ground, you would see space battles too, you know, rebel. Oh, cool. Uh, there might be, you know, resources that nice resources to mine and say like an Imperial comes in and blows, blows up one of the, maybe someone's ship that's in a PVP area trying to get resources. Then that brings in a clan of people to fight, and then that brings in another right. clan. Before you know it, there's a yeah. space battle. <laughs> I mean, really, like in the books, I mean, you'll have uh, 
a ground skirmish that turns into a space battle, and then you've got <laughs> yeah. reinforcements that arrive. And um, Wow, you know, that really sounds like from a game design standpoint, kind of a, an impressive feat that they would have space combat in addition to all of the, you know, the rich on-planet um, gameplay that they had. I mean, you showed me just the, the sheer level of, you know, flora and fauna and all the creatures. That's really one of the, the impressive feats about this game. It's how well developed the world building was, but there was also space battles on top of all that. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the very end of the game, when they were shutting it down, they introduced um, atmospheric flight, yes. which I never got to, to do. So basically, you could, you could, if you were on a planet, you couldn't fly your Tie Fighter around in the planet's atmosphere. Where you'd go up to space and you'd fly up there. But at the end of the game, they were like, it doesn't matter anymore. We're shutting this thing down. <laughs> so they would let people fly no their Tie Fighters around, and it was, and you could shoot was people fun. on the ground. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Freddie says, it was fun to shoot people on the ground with my tie fighter. That's, I love that. I it love would have that. fundamentally changed some of the big battles if you could have had right. air support oh, yeah. in the same atmosphere. It would have been amazing. Sure. That would have been interesting to see that because I feel like it would have... Yeah, man, that would have been... Those would have been big battles. A lot of lag. <laughs> That's all I think mm. of. <laughs> yeah, well, my Rubber dial-up... <laughs> I'm noticing a, I'm noticing a pattern here, Freddie. The number of times you talked about lag with this game. Ugh. Yeah, it was the you, olden days. Yeah. When you have these big battles, it didn't even matter. I think even if it happened now, it would still you would still have that effect. But it was just this rubber banding. You would run like maybe 20 meters, and then boom, <laughs> it would throw you right back to where you were at before. Uh, and yeah. that's just the nature of these. You would just find someone, keep clicking, keep clicking, trying your your crits, and then you'd start getting hit by somebody else. You'd run away. You don't know where it's coming from. Uh, <laughs> it, it felt like real battle. It was like it was confusing. It was confusing. Uh, and it was scary. It was scary. Time, yeah. People just turned up and like, oh, that's a lot of red names coming over the hill. Yeah. I like the idea that you know sometimes you find yourself in a situation that's like on a normal day I couldn't beat this person in in hand to hand combat. However, there's always the chance that they'll glitch out and I'll win. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, sometimes you, you just manage it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It was battle. It was dirty. If someone was laying on the floor and they hadn't been death blown yet, you'd go run over there and death blow them. <laughs> you heard yeah, it. Someone's going to get up. Yeah. You heard it here for, first, folks. <laughs> Freddie will death blow you if you're laying on the ground and uh, defenseless. All right, hey Freddie, let's do one or two more questions each. Um, yeah. Let's see. What's what's one what's one mission that you got really sidetracked with at some point in the history of the game? Um, one particular experience or adventure that just became like a, a quest for you that you would not give up on. Freddie, Fred, you mentioned the quest to get your helmet. Mm. You were just determined to finally finish your armor. You wanted to get that helmet made. Just to remind um, you, you had to do the gloves. The, the <laughs> wow, what's that yeah, part called? The bracer. The bracer. Then you'd have to get your your shoulder, your shoulder, your other bracer. You had to build every little piece of that. Yeah, it took a long Nine time. Nine pieces for every suit of armor. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then now Freddy's trying to build real life armor. Um, <laughs> love it. All right. So so what's one kind of uh, a mission that you or a quest of sorts that you had to sidetrack yourself with? Go on, Freddy. You go first for this one. Uh, well, the one that that I'll, I'll never forget when they, they brought Exarcoon in. Uh, oh, you have my attention. Yeah, so they brought Exarcoon yeah. in, and it was several rooms of of you know semi bosses, and you had to go about it the right way. If you did something different, you know, boom, death blow at everybody, and and it was like single single blow death blow, and you'd have to go restart. And sometimes you'd be locked out, and you couldn't do it again. 
uh, I think I remember that. I'm, I'm, it's yeah, a little two fuzzy. Or three hours. Yeah, two or three hours. So Exarkun, you'd go to his temple and maneuver your way through the temple, uh, fight a couple of people. When you get to Exarkun, you'd have to you'd have to team up, right? You'd need your medic, you'd need uh, a commando, someone tanky, uh, maybe a Jedi if possible. Uh, and some DPS, you'd have to build a strategic group. Otherwise, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it at all if you had too much of something, too much of this. Uh, and, and that was the part, right, is finding folks that needed to go do this and finding people. And, of course, the bigger your guild was, the more resources you had to, to build your armor. Sure. Uh, and and going into Exarkun's temple, you could get, like, a fresco of Exarkun as a drop. <laughs> oh, cool. You can get weapons from him and stuff like that. Those were definitely... I, I spent a lot of time doing that and then collecting, I think it was, like, the bracelets and the jewelry. Uh, oh, you know Exarkun had that drip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, what about you? <laughs> so it wasn't a single... It was the Imperial theme park. <sighs> yeah. For me, so what? the emperor has a retreat on Naboo in like the southeast of the country. It is its own planet. planet. Yeah, um, and it would like be a building out in the countryside, and you'd go in and you'd get escalating levels of missions. So you'd start off from like a random captain outside, and then you'd move in and you might get a, a mission from General Viz. Um, mm. And then you'd get one from Inquisitor Hethrea, because the Inquisition, everybody knows from Re- from Rebels, sure. and right. um, and they're like was in Star Wars Galaxies in the, in the, in the old Rebels, version of that's it. Right. And then you'd go and get a mission from Thrawn. And then you'd get a mission oh, yeah. from Darth Vader. And then you'd get a mission from the Emperor. And it would just escalate in difficulty and you'd work your way up through the Imperial hierarchy. Corvette. And eventually they gave you like very specific Imperial Stormtrooper armor for if you'd for if you'd done it. I'm like, but there was also a time when you just got like like just some random tat. It's like, yeah, congratulations, have this have this button. It's like Thanks, thanks, your highness. Great. But at the same time, I got to meet the emperor or and the flags, right? The imperial the flag. Flags. That, that yeah. was cool. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Uh, an amusement park, a theme park on Naboo with flags. Six flags over Naboo. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's we called it a theme park. Yeah, it's, it's like a quest hub. It's a quest oh. hub, and it, it it would probably take you. You could do it in a full day if you had a lot of time, and that and was a lot of people and a help. lot of people to help. Otherwise, how are the it, concession stands? <laughs> the concessions <laughs> by the tie fighter outside yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you would just complete like like chris said it was like escalating missions uh, ah. and you would you would eventually get you know f- for the rebel theme park you would start off with some low level guy and work your way up and then you get a mission from leia organa or wedge antilles and uh how about how about lando corin horn lando could give you a mission yeah you could get a mission from lando Love it. Yeah. It might be smuggling. The, the rebel, <laughs> the rebel one was on Dantooine. Yeah. And it was split between Dantooine and Yavin, wasn't it? Because you couldn't, if you were in the Empire, you couldn't walk into the rebel right. quest buildings and vice versa. Sure. So you could get to the outside and be like, "I can see Leia Organa down the corridor. I should go and arrest her." And then you just get pushed back out right. if you tried to yeah. walk in. Run in. <laughs> That's right. You yeah. shall not pass. I love it. I have seen some of Dantooine. Freddie did give us a tour of Dantooine when we uh, we read the 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 book by. Um, Let's see, Veronica Whitney Robinson and uh, Hayden Blackman. We read uh, Ruins of Dantooine. So he took us on a tour behind the waterfall. We got to see all that, which is fun. So I actually knew what you were talking about there. Love it. But what about you? What's your favorite uh, favorite planet you could go to in Star Wars Galaxies? Freddie has said Naboo a lot. He's talked a lot about feed. That's where I was always at. Um, <laughs> you got a favorite so, planet? Maybe something from the EU. 
Um, I mean, I'm going to have to start off by saying it's my city was on Naboo, my guild was on Naboo. When I loaded up Star Wars Galaxy Legends after I finished my academic history book, I, took, I spent ages crawling back through the internet Wayback Engine to find the old Star Wars forums so I could find out the exact coordinates oh. of my old planet, of my old city. <laughs> so I could go there and put a house down on it and be like, the Crimson Order lives. Um, so Naboo was, I liked a lot. I mean, um, Endor and Dathomir we're both cool, creepy Oof. planets. Dathomir. Super creepy. I would love to see Dathomir. That sounds cool. If you were walking in Dathomir and you just walk out there, you're probably going to die, honestly. Uh, yeah, a rancor will arrive and, and eat you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Again, That's Dath- how I want to go, y'all. That's it. That's <laughs> absolutely. But the thing about Dathomir was it only existed in the courtship of Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. And again, this is pre-Clone Wars. Right. There is no, you know, how important Dathomir and the Night Sisters become in, in modern Star Wars lore. Loads of that gets filled in the gaps sure. in Star Wars Galaxy. Oh yeah, Star Wars ah. Galaxies talked about a lot of the stuff. A lot of the stuff that I'm seeing in, in Clone Wars, you know, I, and I hear I hear folks talking about it and they're like, oh, Night Sisters, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, do you know where they no, come from? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, do you guys know that obviously because uh, Matt Martin's part of the story group yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lucasfilm, he played Star Wars Galaxies on the Naritas server. Oh really? Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Knox, who's done various books and bits and pieces, she was a community engagement manager or, or person on Star Wars Galaxies. Wow. Yeah, she's a friend there's of a... uh, the Living Force. She's part of that crew. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's these little Star Wars Galaxies, little nodes still interacting with Lucasfilm that I find just endlessly pleasing that's fantastic yeah. i love that all right so we got naboo both of you in agreement on on naboo there that's right also I was like also yeah, like dantooine shout out to dantooine and, and dathomir nice. yeah tatooine was not my favorite place i could tell you that no. it was tatooine was just too much sand freddy there's a lot of sand and it's everywhere <laughs> it's not just that <laughs> but like the dust storms would come in and you would just sometimes you'd have to just wait it out until the lag would go. <laughs> yeah, the lag. Everybody, if you're listening, take a drink. It, it, I always had a I had a guildmate who who always said Tatooine Tatooine sandstorms. Uh, what did she say? Uh, can kill people and kill my your bones, computer. My bones are aching, Annie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they can kill people. What? They kill people and kill your computer at it at, while they're at it oh, too, because it was just you. You would hear the fans. So you get dynamic weather and a day-night cycle. It used to rain a lot on Naboo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the thing, right? It was dynamic weather. Uh, You could be out in Restus. It'd be sunny. Before you know it, it would start to rain, and that would just make everything chaotic, as it should. Right? Yeah. Uh, I think that's... Chris, going back to it, I can see a lot of folks becoming content creators that have played Star Wars Galaxies because you're just in this world. You're in this world, and it's almost so easy to describe what you're seeing and what it was like so yeah, yeah very, very immersive yeah, makes absolutely. you feel like you live there oh yeah i, I feel like i live yeah. there <laughs> that's great well that's that's kind of how i've been with uh, the new zelda game this summer finally beat it took a little break from it and it's like oh that's right there's a real world around me <laughs> so yeah but it's less good <laughs> so uh here as we as we get ready to wrap up freddie you got one more lightning round question here for us yeah so uh what was your most most feared creature Chris, what was the creature you'd see and you're like, ugh, I need to go the other way? So, I, on, I'm pretty sure it was on Dathomir, <laughs> that it wasn't the Rancors. You used to get big Famba creatures that were like oh, big four-legged dinosaurs. Yeah. And There's I always a bigger fish. There, <laughs> the, yeah. 
when, at a point when I really wasn't ready to go to Deathmere. You know, I wasn't high enough level, and like, and I wandered out into the um, into the wilderness and got aggroed by a big famba thing that chased me. Was it a on foot? Because maybe that was it. Yeah, that chased me on foot because there were no speeders all the way back to the um, to the spaceport. Um, and I was just, you know, just about faster than it, but only very incrementally faster than it. I was never fast enough to get away. But as it followed me into the spaceport, it then aggroed everybody else in the spaceport as well. So it's like, congratulations, everybody. I've, I've dragged this incredibly angry rhino um, into the spaceport, um, and it's just going to start killing us all now. Um, so it was that. Whenever I went back to, to Death Moon, even when I went back to Death Moon, Star Wars Galaxy's Legends, it's like, beware of the wildlife. That it's the wildlife that you don't expect that will haunt you. Yeah, yeah. Ah, the wildlife that you don't expect. Man, that's that's gonna like <laughs> rattle around in my nightmares tonight. It's the wildlife that you don't expect that will haunt you. Thank yeah. you for that. That's that's gonna leave an impression. Well, Freddie, what, what else? Welcome. What else have we missed here as we get ready to wrap? Uh, uh, anything we've we've left out? Yeah, for me it was the spitting rolls, the spitting rolls <sighs> that you just snakes you couldn't get away of, get away from. Uh, but yeah, yeah, what other things? Uh, Species? Did you play a certain species? Were you hu- human? I feel like imperial human. I was human imperial. So this is this is an extra fun thing. You, it was harder to play as the Empire as non-human races. Oh. You would you would gather in P- XP at a slower rate. Wow! Because the Empire discriminates against aliens, um, so it was harder to be an alien in the Empire. So it was designed to make oh, you human. Oh sure, right, right. Um, so, you know, you would find occasional Imperial Wookiees and yeah. the like, but it took them longer to get to the upper ranks because the Empire was like, nah, yeah, you're, you're, you're a dirty walking carpet. You're they discriminated. Um, yeah, you see Trandoshans too, a lot of Trandoshans in... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But they were more willing to play dirty so they could get ahead in the Empire easier than, yeah. than Wookiees. Ah, <laughs> checks out. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing some more exploring about all of this myself. Um, and Chris, this has been delightful. Um, as we get ready to wrap here, uh, tell the good folks where they can find you online and uh, uh, how they can support the work that you're doing. So probably the easiest place to find me online. Well, I'm going to I'm going to start off by saying Twitter. You know, we've been talking for an hour. It might not exist anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> huge but, caveat you know, with Twitter. <laughs> a huge caveat, but you know, Twitter, Blue Sky, Threads, uh, all at Chris Kempshill. Um, again, the, the benefit of being the only Chris Kempshill in existence means that I always get exactly whatever screen name I want <laughs> um, for for things like that. So yeah, at Chris Kempshill is a is a good place to to find me. I mean, if you want, I can. Depending on how you put out the show notes, I can probably give you all uh, a discount code for the history and politics. Oh, cool! Yeah. I love that. For like twenty-five oh, percent off. We love discounts. Yeah, <laughs> it, it almost makes uh, books affordable uh, when they're academic ones to start with. So yeah, I can I can give you a, a discount code for everybody who's who's listening who might wanna who might wanna buy a, a book that does talk in varying levels of detail about Star Wars Galaxies. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, so check the check the show notes for that, everybody. Wonderful. Well, that does it for this week. Thanks for joining us here for Legends Look Back. Thanks to our incredible patrons for your support. We love making the show. We're glad you're along for the ride. Special thank you to Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Carl Sander, Zach W., Michael Fry, and Raymond Buzinski on our Jedi High Council, and James T., Ashley Ingalls, Colton Fife, and Chris Carrizo on our Alliance High Command for your amazing support. Uh, of course, everybody, we've been on a bit of a break but we will be back very soon uh, we've got another bonus episode coming your way within the next week or so as well as live shows resuming in early to mid-August buckle up it's going to be a wild ride thank you once again Chris for joining us for the episode 
Thank you for having me along. I've, I've been just incredibly excited about talking about Star Wars <laughs> Galaxies. Chris good, good. I've, I've been like scared <laughs> of, of uh, how how wild this was going to turn Freddy, you know, just absolutely turning him loose to talk about Star Wars Galaxies, which normally I have to keep him on a leash with this topic. So this, <laughs> is, today. this today. has been delightful. Remember everybody to sub to the channel, leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice. And of course, if you like your thoughts around the show, our contact information is in the description below. We're also, for now, on Twitter at Legends Look Back. Remember, everybody, to keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you. This is a Utini broadcast. <laughs>